Blog Talk Radio. Can we can we try it here? Let's try it here. What? Pastor B 
Watkins, and her husband is a senior pastor, Pastor uh, Watkins, and we're just so glad to have them on the air tonight. Uh, pastor B, how are you this evening? I'm doing very well. How are you, Evangelist Hagler? I am wonderful. I hear that you guys have got something great going on over at your church, and I'm going to give you this opportunity to just uh, share with the listeners everything that God is doing at your church, and uh, I'll just go ahead and give you the floor. How about that? Sure. I appreciate the time. First of all, I'd just like to thank you for the opportunity to share what is in our heart. Um, It takes a, a mighty woman of God to give her platform to anyone to use it, uh, even if it's for the glory of God, especially for the glory of God. So mm-hmm. I just want to thank you for allowing me to uh, to brace your podium just for a few minutes and talk about what God is doing in the Keller area. Um, just a little bit about who we are. Uh, I am from Minister and Holiness Christian Church, where my husband is the senior pastor, uh, Elder, Elder Roderick Watkins. And uh, what we have right now going on is our 1,000 prayer, re- prayer request campaign. And I know it sounds kind of funny when you say the word campaign because you automatically think about politics, but God has spoken something into the heart of our pastor on uh, the issue of the need for prayer. Uh, More importantly, the the need for his people to pray. And so what we're doing is a 1,000 prayer campaign. It's an initiative just to get God's people not only praying, but uh, praying for one another. Uh, We posted it on our Facebook page, and we posted also on our church website. But we wanted to make sure we let the listening audience know exactly what's going on. And so God has uh, placed in his heart for us to begin to pray like never before for one another, for the nation, for our leaders, for uh, the church as a whole. And I I was telling the church this morning how so – how so desperately we are in need of prayer and laborers. Uh, we always hear that that um, that scripture is so true to what it says when it's when when it speaks of the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Uh, God is calling us as His people to begin to pray like never before. And I just believe that, as the scripture stated, that the fervent prayers of the righteous avail as much. We are our brother's keeper. It is up to us to pray them through and to get them to the place that they need to be in Christ. So we have the 1,000 prayer request campaign, and uh, we did post it on Facebook, but I also wanted to let uh, anyone that knows, they can go onto our website at uh, www dot mwcchow dot org and just look us up and you they can fill out a prayer request there there some of them may be personal if they have a personal prayer request that they would not like to share on the social media that's fine they can send it to our PO box uh, we have a PO box here in Keller it's a PO box eight zero zero four six Keller, Texas, that's 76244, P.O. Box 80046, Keller, Texas, 76244. So we wanted people just to know that it is somebody in their corner praying for them. They may not know it. They may not know the time nor the hour, but we are praying. And when I tell you we're praying, Evangelist Hagler, we take the prayer out. We actually lay on them. We're praying. We're we're laying before God. We're putting oil everywhere, and we are 
speaking those things that be not as though they are. Uh, it's one Please, thing that uh-huh. if, if us as Christian would do is begin to get up to get about our father's business and be on that assignment. And the and the number one duty as Christian believers is to start out with prayer. So I'm I'm Praise excited God. about it. Praise God. Praise God. So you're just asking everyone that has a prayer request, no matter how big or how small, to just go ahead and email that or to send send it to your PO box or put it on your uh Facebook page. And uh, you guys will collect those and just go to the Father uh, with those prayer requests and just begin to just do diligent prayer for them. Yes, ma'am. We're, we print them out. I've even received some via text, and that's fine with me. <laughs> I take them from my text, mm-hmm. I write them out, or I'll type them up on the computer and print them out mm-hmm. so that uh, everybody's prayer will be heard. If, if You know, I think of it like this, Evangel Hagler. There's nothing too large or too small for God, and if he hadn't made it yet and you're mm-hmm. fervent about it, he'll do it just for you. So it doesn't matter the request. You know, some people send us uh, more than one request in the letter, that's fine. It doesn't have to be a thousand people, but if we get a thousand prayer requests, we believe that God is going to do something special. Uh, even a pastor was telling us that the Lord spoke to him that uh, when we reach the thousand, the thousand prayer requests that we that He has told us to do and begin to actually finish up those prayers, He's going to do something special. And so I just believe that God is going to do what He said He would do. You amen, know, and so. Amen. Praise God. Would you give us again your uh, web page, your Facebook page, and your P.O. box? Sure. Um, our Facebook uh, page is www.facebook.com forward slash MWCC dot House of Worship. That's www.facebook.com forward slash MWCC dot House of Worship. Our P.O. Box is um, 800, it's 80046, Keller, Texas, 76244. That's P.O. Box 80046, Keller, Texas, 76244. And then they can also reach us on our um, our church homepage, which is uh, www.mwcchow.org. And so we're just looking for God to do a mighty move and to work in mysterious ways. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or see begging bread is what the word says. And if we would just do what we can do for one another, what can God do for us when we do what he asks us to do? And now for those that might be listening here in the Texas area, could you um, uh, give us a little information about your church? Sure. Um, We are stationed at the Hilton Garden Inn, uh, 2600 Mm -hmm. West Port Parkway. That's in Fort Worth, Texas, 76177. Uh, It's it's Fort Worth, but it's also Keller. (laughs) But uh, if you would put it in your GPS (laughs) or whatever, you would just put the 2600 West Port Parkway, Fort Worth, Texas, 76177. Our service times are uh, at... 9.30, 9.30, we have our intercessory prayer. At 10 o'clock a.m., we have our um, 
new members orientation, and then 11 o'clock a.m. we have our morning worship. And uh, when I tell you God is doing great things in, in the Keller area through this church, he is. And, you know, we always talk about how people are uh, falling, uh, de- despondent, depressed, broken, coming from broken marriages, broken homes, even broken churches. Our church is about restoring families one at a time. If there was any time that we needed to know anything about restoration is now. We can tell you something that we hadn't been through. So God has not only restored us, but he has given us the anointing. Because, you know, when you're broken a little bit, then you, you get the anointing that comes from that overcoming. So we have the anointing. Uh, he's anointed us to speak into to the lives of the broken and the hurt and bring about restoration to his people. Well, I have been to your uh, one of your services, and it was an anointed service. Your <laughs> pastor, Pastor uh, Watkins, who is one of my favorite pastors in the world, uh, is an anointed man of God. And Sister B, you know you are an anointed singer and preacher. <laughs> and we just <laughs> love you both, and you guys are doing such a magnificent work out there, and if you don't have a church home in the area, and if you live close to Keller or Fort Worth, Texas, I would ask that you would go at the um, Ministering Wholeness Christian Church. They are an awesome young couple. They love the Lord. They have a beautiful, uh, beautiful family. Their children are as anointed as their parents are. They sing. They mime. They praise dance. They play instruments. I mean, they really got it going on over there. And so I just, uh, Sister B, I just want to thank you for coming on and sharing uh, this with us. And uh, we're going to be believing God that you're going to get those 1,000 uh, prayer requests. For those of you who are always asking for prayer, go ahead and send that prayer request to them so that I can that need in your life. Prayer really does change things. And when you have anointed people who are praying for you, sometimes it's hard for us to get a prayer through. Sometimes we're so low and, and we just don't know how we're going to do it. And just to have the right people at the right time uh, bombarding heaven for you can really make a difference. So I want to say yeah. thank you to uh, you and, and, and Pastor Watkins, and I'm praying God's greatest. We are going to have you guys on the show here very, very soon. Uh, we've had you as guests before and do mm-hmm. tag team preaching for us. How about that? All right, that sounds good. Any any time that we can do anything for the Lord, <laughs> you know I'm praise game, and God, I appreciate you so much, Evangelist Hagler, for oh, taking time out just to see you. about us and to allow God praise to be you. <laughs> Amen. Well, we we appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming on the air, and we're just uh, asking God's greatest blessing upon what it is that you guys are doing, and uh, we're just hoping to hear big and great things and and testimony time pops up and all those testimonies start rolling in, we want to have you back on the show so you can kind of share some of those testimonies with us. Amen. That sounds great. Amen. All right, my sister. Well, I love you and brother, and you guys just have a blessed evening. Yes, ma'am. You too. Thank you so much. God bless you. Okay. God bless you, sweetheart. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, praise God. So you had that opportunity to hear that 
awesome request for those 1,000 prayers. And we just pray that you will take advantage of that and send those prayer requests in so that the mighty man and woman and their church can lay before the Lord on your behalf that you might receive the blessing that you have, that you want God to bless you with. Well, um, after tonight's broadcast, I would ask that you would go on to my um, my page here on Blog Talk and that if you like the message or you like this particular program, that you would push the like button uh, and, or the click button. I'm sorry, I'm thinking about Facebook. But that you would click the uh, click button there and or the follow button and let us know that you are really being blessed by this broadcast and that you enjoy this broadcast. And then uh, we also have a Facebook page called A Word From God, and we would also like for you to go there and click the like button to show us that you also enjoy our page there. And then also you can email us at, and I had to change my uh, email address on on this one. I was having some problems. But you can email us now at a word from God. 2013. That's a word from God. 2013 at aol. dot com. And also there, you can let us know and tell us how much you do enjoy our broadcast. On August fifth, 2013, I will begin teaching via webinar on the end times. Jesus is on his way back. Church. I know many of you say, "Oh, they've been saying that for years." This is a fantasy. Oh, it's a great fairy tale story to tell the children, but this is no fairy tale. This is for real. And it is time for the church to wake up and to begin to prepare for the coming of the Lord. John 14 and 1 and 3 says that he goes to prepare a place for us, that where he is, we will be also. And in Acts 1 and 11, it talks about when Jesus ascended up into heaven and the angels looked at the men below and it says, why you stand here gazing the way that Jesus is leaving, he is going to return in that same way. And then Paul says in uh, 2 Timothy 4, and I believe it's in uh, verse 8, and it says, henceforth, there is looked up a of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all those also that love his appearing. We are to be anxiously waiting for the appearance of Christ, for the uh, for him to come back to get his church, to get his bride, to get those believers who love him. He has gone away to prepare a place for us, just like what a husband should do. He goes off and he and he he the job and he finds a home and then he goes back and he gets his wife and he brings her to that place that he has prepared for us. And this is the same thing that Jesus is doing. He's going to prepare a place and then he's coming back to get us. In Revelations uh, 16, 15, and this is from the Message Bible, it says, Keep watch. I come unannounced like a thief. You're blessed if awake and dressed. 
and you're already seen. But too bad if you're found running through the streets naked and ashamed. If you are prepared and dressed, you're going in the rapture. Those who are left will suffer tribulation in uh, in, in, in that great time of tribulation, what they call the seven years tribulation, and possibly you will go through the great white throne judgment. You don't want to go through that judgment. You want to go through the Bema seat judgment of Christ. Because the great white throne judgment is to just send you to a place that you don't want to go. So uh, I talked a lot about the rapture, about about the uh, about the great tribulation, the great white throne judgment. I'll be talking about all the the judgments, the bowls, the seals, the 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 the, the sea turning the blood. We'll be we'll be covering a whole bunch of stuff that you're afraid to read in Revelation because it scares you. Well, we're going to um, we're going to cover a lot of that. So if you want to be a part of this exciting teaching. I, because it has to be, uh, you can uh on this webinar through being invited. I need you to send me your email address, and I need you to send that to a word from God 2013. That's a word from God 2013 at AOL.com. Leave me your email address, and I will then send you an email invite. I'll be sending those out this week to attend the class. Now, you can either uh, listen by computer or you can listen by phone. Now, there are instructions on how to listen by the phone. So tell your family, your friends, your coworkers all about this great webinar event. So I'm looking forward to hearing from you. The classes are for one hour each Monday night. This will start August 5th, and the time uh, will be from 7 p.m. to 8, which is uh, Central Standard time. Well, tonight we are going to get into an awesome teaching. Uh, my assignment, as I said, is to uh, uh, teach on the end times to prepare people for the coming of the Lord. But you cannot go to the rapture if you're not ready to go in the rapture. It's my duty. As, as one of God's uh, ministers to get you ready for the rapture, to cause you to be rapture ready. Now, tonight we are going to talk about unforgiveness. There are many that are sitting um, around with unforgiveness in your heart, and you say you're saved, you say you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you say I'm a believer, but you are holding on to something that is not good for you, and it is destroying you not only on the outside, but it's destroying you on the inside. I want to give you a couple of quotes before I get into the song, and then I will come back with the Word of God. But one of the quotes that I have is, unforgiveness is choosing to stay trapped in a jail cell of bitterness. Unforgiveness is choosing to stay trapped in a jail cell of bitterness, serving time for someone else's crime. You are holding on to something that somebody else did to you, but they are free, they have moved on, they have repented, and you're still sitting trapped. 
And then unforgiveness is being shackled, having your hands and your feet bound and causing you to never move forward. You're stagnated. You won't, you can't move. You can't move to the left, to the right, to the front, to the back. You're just in stagnation. You're just there. I mean, there's, 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 there's nothing that is happening for you. You're asking God, God, why me? Why this isn't happening? Why that isn't happening? And maybe you need to look at your life and see, is there forgiveness there? Forgiveness is unlocking the door to set someone free and then realizing that you were the prisoner all along. Praise God. We're going to go into our song, and then I will be back to share this message of unforgiveness with you.
Praise God, praise God. I need you to survive. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, I come before you tonight, Father God, and I lift up our listening audience to you, Lord. And I'm asking you, Father God, to meet them where they are right now. Lord God, those that are are, are in, in unforgiveness, I pray, Lord God, that you will, will minister to them. Lord God, that you will set them free. Lord God, that you will deliver them, that you will help them, Father God, out of this dangerous state. Father, I just glorify you now. We find the spirit of the devil. We come against any technical problems. We come against anything, Lord God, that the enemy might try to do to cause your people not to hear your word on tonight. We give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, I want to say thank you all for joining in on the show tonight and and uh, for tuning in to hear what thus saith the Lord. Uh, God has given me, as I said earlier, a mandate to Uh, Get his people rapture ready. And tonight's message is going to be about unforgiveness. Uh, Forgiveness is a subject that many don't like to hear about. Why? Because it requires action and obedience on our part. It is a choice. It is also God's direction for our lives. In other words, we are commanded to forgive. Mark eleven twenty five and 26 says, uh, And when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. It is sin to us if we do not forgive. And if you don't forgive, that sin of unforgiveness will not be forgiven you by God. And that sin could cause separation between you and God until you decide to forgive that one that has hurt you. And it says in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32, it says, Make a clean break with all cutting and backbiting and profane talk. Be gentle with one another, sensitive. Forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you. Now, when you need forgiveness, I mean, it's just like that, boom, you go straight to God. God, please forgive me. I want you to to help me. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I don't want to do that anymore. Take that out of my life. I don't want to be this kind of person anymore. But when someone has done you wrong, are you as quick to forgive them as God is as quick to forgive you? Or do you just sit there and you hold on to it And you said, I'm going to make you pay. I'm going to make you suffer for hurting me. How dare you do that to me? Do you know who I am? And I understand the way that you feel. I felt like that before. I haven't haven't wanted to forgive 
a person that did wrong to me. But if I was ever going to be forgiven for what I had done, I had to reach down in the depths of my soul and forgive that one, look them dead in the eye and say, I forgive you. I love you. And it's going to, it may take a minute for me to forget about this situation, but I'm giving it and you to God because I don't want anything, anything to come between me and the Father. I don't want anything to come between me and the anointing that God has placed on my life. Matthew, in Matthew chapter 18, verses uh, 23, I believe it is, to 35, it talks about the king, and he was getting his affairs in order. And so, oh, there were several that owed him money and stuff like that, and he realized there was one that owed him tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of dollars. And he went to him and he said, pay me what you owe me. And the man was like, I, I, I can't do it. I don't have the money. I can't pay. And he said, well, I'll sell your wife and your children and your house and your cattle and everything you have, I'll sell it so that you can pay me off. But the man said, please forgive me. Forgive me. I, I'm sorry. I just can't pay. Please don't take my wife. Don't take my children. Don't take my family. Don't take my job. I, I need these things. Please forgive me. Please find it in your heart. Have mercy on me. And the king, the judge, he was a good man. He said, okay. He said, I forgive you of every day, and you're free. And the man went off, and he probably not too soon after he had been forgiven saw one that owed him some money. And he looked at him, and he said, pay me my money. Give me my money right now. Now, this man only owed him maybe uh, a a, hundred, you know, a couple hundreds of dollars or maybe $10. I don't know exactly how much it was. But he didn't owe him a whole lot of money. But he had the man thrown in jail until he could uh, uh, pay off that. He, he, he uh, gave him to the torturers that, so that they could get the money out of him, put him to work and get the money out of him. And the other servants saw this, and they went back to the judge or to the king, and they said, look, they said, this man that you just forgave had someone that owed him money thrown in jail. And this angered the king. It angered him. I just forgave this man. He called him back. He said, because of what you did to this other man, the same thing is going to come upon you. And he sold him, and he, he he made him work off his debt, and it and probably took him for the rest of his life to do that. But the king forgave him much. They forgave him much. But this man, after he was forgiven, went and not having someone that owed him as much as he owed out, he went and had him thrown in jail. That's what we do. That's what we do when we don't forgive others. God will reach down and forgive you of your sins, and he'll say to you, Becky, I forgive you. Gene, uh, I forgive you. John, I forgive you. Louis, I forgive you. And then you go off and you see somebody else down the street that has hurt you or caused you anger or has made you bitter, 
and you look at them and they say, please forgive me for what I did, and you refuse, you harden your heart, and you say no. And then you say, I'm a Christian. I love the Lord. God is God is just everything to me. But you are disobeying God by not learning how to walk in forgiveness. You see, sin separates man and God. God used to walk with Adam in the cool of the evening. But when sin entered in, that relationship was severed. Then man had to offer up an offering of animals to have their sins forgiven. And God would forgive them, but blood had to be shed. So Jesus came and shed his blood because the law at that time required that blood be shed for the forgiveness of sin. In Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22, in the Amplified Version, it says this, In fact, under the law, almost everything is purified by means of blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is neither release from sin and its guilt, nor the remission of the due and merited punishment for sin. So in order for you to be set free and forgiven by this wonderful act of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you must be willing to forgive. Who are you to withhold forgiveness to someone who did something terrible to you? I know that betrayal and lies and gossip and deception can hurt, and the one thing that you want to do is hold on to your hurt to your anger, to your resentment, to your bitterness, and your blame against those who hurt you. So you hold on to those feelings. Why? Because it gives you control. You couldn't control the thing that happened, but you can control how you make them feel by not forgiving them because you want them to suffer. You want them to feel pain, to feel worthless just like you do. But once they apologize to you and repent to God, you no longer control their lives. You only begin to ruin and stunt your life and your growth in God and in society. You see, we don't uh, just forgive because God says so, which is enough. But it is a demonstration of our love to him and to the one who hurt us. You see, when I was growing up, I had a father that um, I would say wasn't a good dad. He wasn't a good father. And my father did things and said things to me that hurt me to the very core of my body. My father used to beat my mother, and I, I, I saw him beat my mother. And when he got through beating on my mother, he would come and beat on me. And then when I got older and I, I, I became more developed and more mature in my body, my father tried to molest me. And I hated my father. I mean, I really, literally hated him. And when I gave my life to God, 
and I was so excited about being saved, and I just wanted to cleanse myself. And I said, God, and I just began to name it off one by one. Forgive me for this. Forgive me for that. And I was just having a field day, just asking God. But by the time I got through repenting and <clears throat> excuse me and cleansing myself, uh, uh, I was a free bunny. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said, now you've got to forgive. And I'm like, Lord, who do I have to forgive? I'm happy. I'm, I'm just as excited as I can be. And he said, you got to forgive your father. And I told the Holy Spirit, uh-uh, there is no way. How could you even ask me to forgive a man that did what he did to me, what he did to my mother? how he treated us, how could you, when he put a gun to my head, when he put a knife to my mother's throat, how could you ask me to forgive a man like that? And the Holy Spirit is so smooth. I just love how he deals with us. He said, I just forgave you of all of your sins, all of the things that you did to hurt me. I just forgave you. Now you forgive your father. And it was the hardest thing I ever had to do. But I got on my knees and I repented for what my father had done to me. I repented for my feelings of what my father had done to me. And I got on the phone and I asked my father to forgive me for hating him. And my father did not accept my apology. But that was okay because my spirit was cleansed. I was okay. I was fine. And that was what God was trying to get me to do. Forgiveness is not even a feeling because when we have to forgive someone, many times we don't feel like doing it at all. I didn't feel like forgiving him. I didn't think. I I, I felt uh, kind of uh, uh, indignant. I was like, well, why should I have to forgive someone like that. Why? But God didn't tell me why. He just said, because I forgave you. Now you forgive your father. But see, it is an action. Uh, Forgiveness is an action, a step, and it brings us closer to our healing and to our deliverance. See, when I begin to Forgive my father, it brought me great healing. It brought me great deliverance. And I was set free. And now I'm able to help other women who have gone through those same challenges, who might even be going through some things now. And I can let you know, you can forgive even in that situation. You see, you, the believer, the wrong one, The responsibility of reconciliation is on you. It is to help you, to strengthen you, to give you power and authority over the sin of unforgiveness. I want you to, I want to right now share some keys of deliverance uh, for you in this area of unforgiveness. Number one, it it is in your best interest to forgive, not the one who needs the forgiveness. They must ask for forgiveness for what they've done. 
they've got to go before God and they've got to say, I'm sorry. And then they have to come to you. It is for you to forgive. It doesn't require the other person's participation. What they do is on them. The person that you need to get rapture ready, the person that you need uh, to get prepared to meet the Lord is yourself. You are no good to the body of Christ. You're no good to the kingdom of God if you're standing there with sin in your life. You can't be, you can't help someone else get free. You can't help someone else get delivered if you're not free or delivered yourself. Number two, you receive the most benefit for the forgiveness. You get strengthened. You get empowered. You get healed. You get delivered. You can move on. It's like in the case of of marriages. Many people will sit back, especially we as women, we will sit back because one man hurt us, and we will never, ever again open up our hearts to another man, God will send someone to come and love you and and be there for you and take care of you and help you. But your heart is so embittered, it's, it's so hardened that you won't open up and let love come back in the door because you're afraid and because this man hurts you. That's why when you get out of one relationship, you don't need to go into another one right away because you've got so much baggage. Until you can get rid of that unforgiveness and that baggage and get rid of all that hatred, you will never be able to benefit from the things that God has for you. Number three, a spirit of unforgiveness complicates and compromises our daily walk with Christ. You say to yourself, Lord, why is nothing happening for me. I pray and I pray, but I, I can't seem to get a prayer through. Uh, nothing that I do, nothing that I touch, I'm a tiger, I do this, I do that. But, Lord, something is hindering me. And you only have to look as far as into yourself. You need to ask God, God, reveal, not take it, but God, reveal to me what it is that is a hindrance in my life so that you can give that thing to God so that you can uh, let, let the devil know I'm not carrying this spirit of unforgiveness because that is not who I am. I am letting this thing go. And when you do, it will uncomplicate your life and it won't compromise your daily walk. Because when you're bitter, when you're depressed, when you're angry, you don't want to pray. You don't want to study. You don't want to do anything. You're just wallowing every day in self-pity, wallowing in anger. You're 20 years old, and then you're 30 years old, and then you're 50 years old, and then you're 60 and 70 and 80 years old, and you're still angry about something that happened So many years ago, let it go. Just let it go. Give it to God. Repent. Tell the Lord, I can't carry this thing anymore, Lord. I don't want this in my life anymore. Number four, forgiving others releases us from bitterness and 
anger. It causes us to receive the healing that we need to release control over the situation of the person who wronged us. See, you got to, you, you, you have to be in control. You won't allow God to be in control. So you're in control. And you're saying, this is the way I want it to be. God, I want to carry this. I want to hang on to that because it has become a part of you. It's almost like when a woman carries a handbag every day and uh, you lay it down and then you walk out of a store or walk out of the church or wherever you have the handbag left and you feel like, oh, something's missing. That thing is a part of your life, and you don't want to let that thing go. But you've got to let it go, and you've got to let that person go, and you've got to let God deal with the person that hurt you. Because in many cases, you are still holding on to something, and that person has gone on just as happy as a clam, and you're still sitting there just bound up, tied up, tight, bitter. I mean, just, oh, like you've been sucking on lemons all day. Just, you know, you're horrible to everybody you meet. You're mad when other people are happy because you're not happy. Number five, God doesn't want the sin of unforgiveness to stand between us and him. Forgiving others spares us from the consequences of living out of an unforgiving heart. Hallelujah. Enough said on that. Hallelujah. Number seven, you don't get to choose what sins you will or will not forgive. Oh, I'll forgive lying, but I'm not forgiving gossiping. I'll forgive cheating, but uh, I'm not going to forget that you hit me. Everything must be forgiven. You can't say, well, I'm going to forgive Julie over here because, you know, she was talking about me, but uh, I'm not going to forgive Mary over there because she said, I don't know how to bake a cake and I don't keep my house clean. One sin is just as bad as the other. And you have got to forgive everybody that does you wrong. Well, you say, Sister Becky, that will make me uh, a wimp. You know, I'm always forgiving. You know, nobody ever asked me for forgiveness when they do something wrong to me. That doesn't matter. This isn't about them. You're not living for them. Excuse me. You're living for yourself. Number eight, forgiveness is love. It is a divine nature. God knew before the before time that man would need to be forgiven. Colossians three thirteen in the God's Word translation says, "Put up with each other, and forgive each other." If anyone has a complaint, forgive as the Lord forgave you. It doesn't matter what they say or what they do, whether they uh, decide to uh, come to you and say, would you forgive me? It doesn't matter. You do what you're supposed to do because that makes you the stronger one when you can walk up and say, please forgive me. I did uh, 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 such a thing, or, you know, you did something to me the other day and it really, really bothered me and it, it's been festating in my heart and, you know, I, I don't want this in my heart. I want to be free. 
and you did this, and it really hurt me. But, you know, I just want to say I forgive you for that. Uh, and let them talk because maybe they don't even realize that they did something to you. And then they'll ask you, well, would you please forgive me? And then you be a big person and say, yes, I will forgive you. A lot of times it's hard for husbands and wives a lot of times to ask for forgiveness. But it, it I don't care if you've had an argument. I don't care if uh, you feel like, you know, I don't want to talk to him no more. I want him out of my life. I want her out of my life. You have got to get it together because unforgiveness, it can hinder your prayer life even in your marriage, and you don't want that to happen. You want God, you want to be in a blessed marriage, in a blessed situation. Learn how to forgive your spouse. Sometimes you may be the only one that has to say it, you know, but you can rest assured that God is dealing with that one that won't say it. But it's not for you to deal with them because you're not God. You are just who you are. You're one that's trying to make it in yourself. And so you've got to get yourself rapture ready by learning how to give. Uh, number nine, forgiveness is personal. Forgiving others begins as a decision of surrender of our wills to God. This causes God to begin to work on our lives at a deeper level so that the healing process can start, which will cause us truly to forgive from our hearts. We need to learn how to forgive from our hearts. You know, it's just like um, with parents and our children will fighting, and you'll say, uh, so-and-so, uh, go in there, you know, one of your children say, Mommy, so-and-so is hitting me or so-and-so is laughing at me or so-and-so said this about me, making fun of me, and you tell that other child, you say, go in there and say sorry. And they'll go in and they'll say sorry. And they don't bit more mean it. They've only done it because you said, told them to go in there and actually uh, say sorry to their brother or their sister. But when you are apologizing or when you are forgiving, it must, or you're asking for forgiveness, it must come from your heart, way down deep in the depths of your heart. And you've really got to mean what you're saying. Because if you just go and say, yeah, I forgive you, you know, and you don't mean it, nothing has happened. Things are still the same way they were before. Forgiveness is not about the one you need to forgive. It is all about you. You need to know that you cannot undo the past. The past is just that. It's the past. Allow the Holy Spirit to help you move forward. What the Holy Spirit will do is make the condition of your present and your future one that you can live victoriously in him. And that can happen by you allowing him to start the healing process in your life. Too many of you are living in the past. You're still living 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and some of you don't even remember why you're mad at someone or why you have anger against your mother, why you have anger against your father, why you have anger against your ex 
why you have anger against a, a, a friend that you were very, very close to, why you have anger at your church, why do you have anger at your pastor. Some of you don't even remember why you have that anger. But you just know, I feel comfortable in my anger. You wrap yourself up in your anger and your your grudges and your bitterness like we do when we buy those Snuggies and we wrap ourselves up in them and we feel all comfortable. So you put on your Snuggie of unforgiveness. You put on your Snuggie of bitterness. You put on your Snuggie of grudges. You put on your Snuggie of, of hatred. You put on that Snuggie that wishes people dead. I mean, and you feel okay about doing that and still say, I'm a Christian. I love the Lord. Because you know how to jump when the music gets high. You know how to lift your hands during praise service. I mean, you know, we've all been through praise and worship 101. We know what to do when we're in the household of God. We know. We know how uh, Christian etiquette is. We know, but it's when we get out of the church is when the real living begin. Unforgiveness held onto for years can cause great damage to your spirit and to your health. You harden your heart. You begin to feel that you have a right to feel the way that you do. One thing that you must realize is that even though you have a problem with that person, God doesn't have a problem with them. That's on you. God doesn't have a problem with that person because God loves that person just like he loves you. And see, you can't hold on to that bitterness and thank God going to join you in your bitterness and say, yeah, uh-huh, we don't like him, do we? No, God said, no, I don't, no, I ain't going to even bless him because, look, look, he done hurt you. No, I ain't going to bless him. Uh-uh. That's not what God is going to do. God is going to speak to your heart and tell you what to do. But in all of that that you're feeling, you begin to walk in disobedience. You walk in disobedience. Obedience. You stand before the very throne of God. You go to his house. You you worship his name. You praise his name. You shout and you talk about him. But then you walk before him in disobedience. If that person is saved and they have repented, then they are in right standing with God and have moved on. But you day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, decade after decade, you're still hardening your heart, wishing they were dead. Do you know when you wish somebody dead that you have just committed murder in your heart? So not only do you have unforgiveness, and not only do you have bitterness, and not only do you have grudges, not only are you hardening your heart, not only do you have hatred, now you've moved into murder. I wish he was dead. The way he treated me, what he did to me, what she did to me, she should be dead. How dare her treat me like that? You have just committed murder in your heart when you wish somebody dead. Because when you are holding a grudge, when you're being full of anger, uh, when you have violent thoughts, the devil 
is playing with your mind. Your mind, if your mind is not occupied by the word, it is so easy for the enemy to come in and kidnap, kidnap your mind. So there you are still living in the past in your heart and in your mind, just you and the devil sitting there talking. You listening to everything he tells you. You go to church, you're praising God, but you're obeying the devil. You're listening to the enemy. And then you think that when the rapture hits that you're going to fly away, I would take another thought about that. If you've got that kind of unforgiveness in your heart, you may not be going in the rapture. You might be one of those that will be left behind. It is up to you. It is up to you to make sure that your life is uh, on target with what the Word of God says. See, if you're reading the Word of God, the Bible says we renew our mind daily in his Word. If you're renewing your mind daily, you cannot have that type of heart. You can't have a hardened heart. You can't have a heart of unforgiveness. You can't. There's just no way. Because if your mind is being renewed and your mind is stayed on him and you're praying and you're fasting and you're worshiping God, there's no place for the enemy. So who are you talking to? Who are you giving your glory, the glory and the praise to? Who are you honoring? Who are you listening to? You're listening to Dr. Phil? You're listening to Oprah? Are you listening to God? Who are you listening to? Hallelujah. We're going to look at the effects, some of the effects of unforgiveness. Uh, it can affect your present and future relationships, cause you not to have great relationships, whether they're love relationships or friend relationships. You can't enjoy the happiness of others uh, who, who uh, I'm sorry, you can't enjoy the happiness of others you are around. You're depressed all the time and full of anxiety. You feel lack. You feel you lack meaning and purpose. You're at odds with your spiritual beliefs because you can't have faith in God. You can't be trusting God and then you're sitting there with hate in your heart against a brother or sister in Christ. You begin to lose valuable and enriching times with others. You can't be in the same room with someone who hurt you. And, you know, a lot of times that person being in the room with you, they're feeling a lot of guilt because they know that they hurt you. But you're really not hurting them. You're hurting yourself. You're teaching your children to walk in this same kind of hatred. Oh, but I'm a great mom. I'm a good mom. But I'm teaching my children, you don't speak to him. You don't speak to her. You don't say that. You don't uh, 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 be friendly to that person over there. You don't be friendly to this person over here. And then when your children grow up to be just like you, then you'll say, I don't understand. How did you get to be so hateful and mean? How is it that you can't forgive your sister? Because you taught them. 
You taught them how not to be forgiving. You taught them how not to be loving. You did that to your own child. And it could be because of you that your children can miss out because maybe they, 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 you, we pray to God that they will, uh, by them being raised in the church, as the Bible says that uh, when they get old, they will not depart from it. But they may, they may decide to, to get away from the things of God. And while they get away from the things of God, the rapture could hit. And your child not make it in because you decided to teach them the wrong ways of doing things. What are the benefits of forgiveness? You can have healthier relationships. You can have a greater spiritual and psychological well-being. You have less anxiety, less stress, less hostility. It will lower your blood pressure. It will lower your depression. It will also lower the risk of alcohol and substance abuse. Forgiveness is required of all who say that they are Christians, meaning that they are Christ-like. If you tell the world that you're saved, but you act just like them, being unforgiving, then you need to check your life. One of the ways that people know that you are saved is by how quickly you can ask for forgiveness and to forgive others. Forgiveness is one of God's attributes. It's his nature. It is God's nature to forgive, even on the cross, even on the cross. After all that they did to Jesus, they spit on him. They ripped the beard off of his face. They beat him until his back split open, and you could see the muscles and the sinew and the bones in his back. Even when they made him carry that heavy cross, even when they put uh, uh, nails in his hands and nails in his feet, and then they put that cross, they took that cross, and they dropped it into the ground. And where Jesus is, where every bone in his body came out of joint, Jesus said, Father, hallelujah, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Even in the time of great pain and turmoil and suffering, Jesus even forgave one of the thieves on the other cross. One said, if you be the son of God, why don't you get us and yourself off of these crosses? And the other one said, you know, you've done no wrong, and I just want you to remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus forgave him right then and there. So who are you that you can hold back forgiveness on others? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So my question to you tonight is, whose nature do you have? If you are God's child, you're supposed to be just like him. You're supposed to uh, know how to forgive. You see, when you hold on to unforgiveness, it tells us that you have a different nature because it's God's nature to love and to forgive. It's Satan's nature to hate 
to destroy and to not forgive. So whose nature do you have, God or Satan? Who's really your father? Whose DNA is flowing in you? Whose blood is running through you? Who is in charge of your life? Who do you get your orders and your direction from? What would be so special about holding on to anger and grudges and bitterness and hatred and depression that would cause you to disobey God and not forgive? What is so special about that thing that you're holding on to, that you're telling God, you know what, God, you know, I know what the word says. You know, you you don't even respect him enough. You don't love him enough after all that he's done. And you spit in his face and you say, but I'm not going to forget. I'm okay. I'm all right. I, I don't need nobody to pray for me. I'm fine. And you hold your head down when the pastor in church is talking about forgiveness. You can You can feel the tug at your spirit when the Holy Spirit is saying, come up for prayer. You feel it, but yet you sit there in disobedience. And say, no, I'm okay. No. And the enemy is sitting there with you with his arm around you saying, yeah, we all right. Oh, you don't need to go up there. Shoot. You find it like they did that to you. You just hold on to that because they need to learn a lesson. And you're going to learn your lesson all the way to hell because you're not willing to be obedient and do what God say do, and that is forgive. When we don't forgive, we disobey God. If forgiveness was not important, God would not mention it so many times in his word. Whatever it is that is holding you back, you need to take that thing to Jesus. You need to ask him to help you to forgive the one who hurt you. And then ask God to forgive you for hurting him. It says in Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 and 22, and this is in the Message Bible, and it says, At that point, Peter got up the nerve to ask, Master, how many times do I forgive a brother or sister who hurts me? Seven? Jesus replied, seven? Hardly. Try 70 times seven. That's about 490 times a day. We should always be walking in forgiveness. God loves you so much. He loves you so much that he died on the cross for your sins. And then when you asked him to come into your life, he forgave you. He didn't make you wonder if he forgave you. He didn't say, well, look at all the stuff you did. I don't know if I should forgive you. He didn't say any of that. He just said, you're forgiven. You're my daughter. You're my son. I love you. And I forgive you. doesn't matter what you've done doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's like what we would say a big or a little sin or a black or a white sin. 
It doesn't matter. Sin is sin. And when you repent and you ask God to forgive you, he forgives. And then we have an advocate with the Father who is the man Christ Jesus so that when we do commit a sin, we can go to him. We don't have to go and cut ourselves and we don't have to go uh, uh, mutilating animals and that kind of thing so that uh, uh, put blood on the pole. We don't have to do any of that stuff because blood has been shed for us. Uh, Jesus has atoned for our sins. All we've got to do is just say, God, please forgive me. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to hurt you. I didn't mean to do that sin. I, I didn't mean to purposely sin. Or Father, I I, I sinned and 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 I didn't mean to do it. You know. But God, please forgive me. So when someone comes to you, can't you be just like your father? And say, yes, I forgive you. I have had countless of people, countless people hurt me, people on my job, people in my church, people in my family, friends. I've had countless, countless of people hurt me. But I have forgiven every last one of them. Why? Because I don't want anything to separate me from God. I don't want to lose my anointing. I don't want that when Jesus comes back for his church that I'm not ready to go. I want to be ready to go when Jesus comes back. Don't you want to be ready? Don't you want that when the sound, when when that horn is blown and and the dead in Christ arise, and 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 uh, then those of us those of us which are alive and remain will will be raised up also to meet them in the air, and so we shall forever be with the Lord. I mean, forever. Do you want to risk missing that? Do you want to risk uh, being left behind in the tribulation? The tribulation isn't for the church. The tribulation is for the unchurched, those people that have made a mockery of God and said, I don't I don't wanna I don't believe in God. I don't believe in this. Uh uh I'm my own God or whatever it is that they say. People that believe in all of this foolishness that's going on right now. That is God's judgment against the world not against you. You belong to him. You're one of his children. Why take the risk of missing out on a reward that God has for you, that Jesus has for you at the marriage supper? We're going to go through the Bema Seat Judgment after the rapture, and then we're going to be going into the marriage supper to be married, to be joined with Christ forever. Don't you want to be a part of that? Or do you want to be down here ducking earthquakes and ducking fire out of the sky and, and ducking these, these, these crazy animals that are going to be coming up looking like lion's faces with women's hair and flying and stinging man for five months and, and you can't die? Is that what you want? Or do you want the power of God in your life so that when Jesus comes back, he can say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And you don't ever again have to worry about anything, ever, ever, ever in your life. 
no more sickness, no more death, no more leaving your loved ones, never being separated from God. But don't let something as simple, something that can be fixed, don't let it hold you back. Because as a Christian, if you don't make the rapture because of sin and stuff in your life, you can still get your life straight in the great tribulation, but it will be harder, and you will have to die. You will have, blood will have to be shed at that time. It's going to be a crazy, crazy thing. There are going to be churches, that whole churches that are going to be left behind. It's going to be church people mad at their pastors because they didn't tell them the truth. Hallelujah. I don't want to get into this because I'm going to be teaching on this uh, on, my, uh, on my webinar. But uh, my, 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 my plea to you tonight is to give your life totally to the Lord. Let go of the sin of unforgiveness. Let it go. Let God deal with your heart. Let God bless you. Let him bless you by saying, I don't want, I don't want this sin in my life. I don't want unforgiveness in my life anymore. God, help me. Help me. Help me to, to forgive those that have hurt me. And then once you go to God and ask God for forgiveness, and once you go to God and ask him to help you, then you go to that one and you ask forgiveness of them. And then if they say, will you forgive me, then you forgive. And you see how your life will change. You see how things will take place in your life, such as never before. Don't be infected by the sin of unforgiveness. We're going to go into a song, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to pray with you, and we're going to ask God to set you free from this particular sin. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. We thank you, Father God. We, we honor you, we honor you, we honor you. Well, now it's time that... shared so much tonight on unforgiveness, and I believe that Spirit took some of your heart, and that there are some of you, I believe the Lord is even delivering even now, that you turn, that you're turning your life around, that you don't want to carry that burden of forgiveness. And I just want to pray with you tonight that God will continue that he will complete that uh, in your life. That he'll complete that, that, that healing and that deliverance in your life so that um, uh, you can totally be free of this thing. Hallelujah. I know that many of you um, have probably been carrying this thing for years. Just been carrying it for years. And it's hard to get rid of it because the devil doesn't want you to let that thing go. But you got to tell him, devil, uh-uh, I'm not carrying this anymore. I want to be free. I want to be used of God because, see, saints of God, God has need of you. Uh, earlier tonight I had uh, Pastor B on and she was talking about how the laborers are few. Uh, the, the, the harvest is, is much I mean there's much harvest out there But the laborers are few And when we are carrying uh, Sin in our lives And carrying unforgiveness in our lives And carrying other sins in our life In our life We are not good laborers We need to be on our face We need to be praying We need to seek God God I need you I need you to help me I need you to show me. I need you to take this 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 crap out of my life. Get this this burden off of me, Lord. I'm 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 dropping this this burden at your feet. I'm dropping this burden here at the altar. I don't want to carry this anymore. Jesus died on the cross for every sin you could ever commit, even the sin of unforgiveness. He can. He can heal you. He can deliver you. He can take that out of your life if you allow him to. And so I just want to pray with you. And if you don't know Christ, I want you to repeat after me this, this, this prayer. And then I want to pray for the rest of you. But for those of you who may not know Jesus, the scripture says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him cannot perish, but have eternal life. In Romans 5, 8, it says, But God commended his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ and his Son. Especially when I've committed a lot of sin. I've done a lot of things. How can God forgive me? He can. You're looking at a chief sinner at one time. Did everything. I mean, anything. I I, I did it, you know. I was living a a, a devilish life, arguing, doing all kinds of things, you know, I shouldn't have been doing, you know. But if God could fix me, if 
God can clean me up and make me the woman that I am today, he can make you the man or woman that he wants you to be. It doesn't matter what you've done. There's no sin that God can't forgive. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you so much. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, it says, uh, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us have done something that we're ashamed of, but God can heal you of that. It says, I mean, He can heal you and deliver you of that. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. When we, uh, when, when we live a sinful life, the wage for that sin is death, meaning eternal separation from God, not only naturally one day, but also uh, spiritually we can be separated from God. But the gift of God, his gift to us is eternal life. He wants to give us eternal life. Romans 10, 9, and 10 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And then in Romans 3 and 20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me, meaning to have fellowship and to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. There is nothing, beloved, that you can ever do to make God not love you, to make God hate you, to make God turn his back on you. While we're here, while we have blood still running warm in our veins, but when you stand before God, if you don't make it in the rapture, if you don't get judged at the judgment of Jesus, and you have to stand before God in the great white throne judgment, it is not God that will send you to hell, but it is your life and your actions and how you chose to live your life without him in it. That's what sends you to hell. It is not God's desire that we die and go to hell. It is not his desire that any of us perish and be lost. He said in his word that hell was not prepared for us, but it is prepared for Satan and his angels. It is not prepared for you. So today I give you a choice. There's God and there's the devil. Who do you choose? Who do you want to follow? Who do you want to live for? Who do you want to be your 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 protector, your guardian, the one that directs you and guides you and leads you and blesses you? Who do you want it to be? Choose God. Choose life. Choose it. And I guarantee you that God will bless you in ways that you cannot imagine. Hallelujah. 
And I'm going to pray for those of you that want to accept Christ first. And then for the others, I'm going to pray with you that this sin of unforgiveness will no longer be a part of your life. But first, for those of you that want to accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want you to repeat this after me. And I want you to mean it from the very depths of your heart. You may feel something, you may not. You may cry, you may not cry. You just might start laughing. You might... I don't know what's going to happen, but I guarantee you that you are going to know within before you go to sleep tonight that something has changed in your life. Hallelujah. Dear God, I confess that I am a sinner and I am sorry. I need a Savior. I know I cannot save myself. I believe by faith that Jesus, your son, died on the cross to be my Savior. I believe he rose from the grave to live as my Lord. I turn from my sins. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to forgive my sins and come into my heart. I trust you as my Savior and receive you as my Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. And we pray for those who have a spirit, Father, of unforgiveness, where they're holding grudges, where they're bitter, oh God, where they even wish someone dead, oh God, where, where Father God, they've had violent thoughts against people. Father, where they've even walked in a spirit of disobedience against you because they've chosen not to forgive. One where, Father God, they decided, you know, I, I, I'm just comfortable right here. I'm just going to stay right here in this unforgiveness. I don't need anything to change in my life. Father, I pray that you convict them right where they stand. I pray, Father God, that you change their lives right now where they are. I pray that you forgive them. And as you forgive them, oh God, I pray that they will come to you and forgive, ask you to forgive them, and then they go to that person of who they've been holding this bitterness against and that they will be released, that they will be set free, that they will be delivered, and the healing process will begin to take place in their lives. Father, I thank you and I praise you, Father God, for those, Lord God, who are even right now repenting before you, who are taking the opportunity to say, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. I'm thanking you, Lord God, for those who are going to take the opportunity later on tonight to go to that one or call that one, Father God, who they need to forgive and ask for forgiveness and then forgive them as well. I pray that you give them the strength. I pray that you give them the power. I pray that you will anoint them to be able to do this, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, devil, you get your hands off of God's people. You no longer are in control. You will no longer have them bound up and where they're bound and, and, and their minds are kidnapped because you have no hold, no control, and no place in their lives any longer. Jesus is now Lord, and they 
uh, follow after the ruling, after the direction, after the guiding of Christ Jesus himself. They are placing Jesus tonight on the throne, which means there is no place for you. And, Father, I just thank you right now for the peace. I thank you right now for the deliverance. I thank you right now for the healing, Lord, even though I can't be with the people right now and lay hands on them, Lord God. You can. I send that word forth that they are healing, that they are healed, that they are delivered, that they are set free, and they're being healed and delivered right now. I can feel your presence in this area, Lord, that you are setting people free in this area. And then, Father, that even as others tune in, Lord God, on this broadcast, through the archive, that the same anointing, Father God, that is here right now will be in the archives and people will be set free and they will no longer be bound by the spirit of unforgiveness. And, Father, we glorify you now in the mighty name of Jesus. And I want to leave this one last quote with you, and it is uh, from uh, Mahatma Gandhi. And he said, the weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. Those of you that can forgive, it means that you have that attribute to forgive. If you cannot forgive, it says the weak will never forgive. But forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. Hallelujah. God bless you. I pray that something tonight was said that uh, uh, that blessed you. I pray that God has set you free from what you were feeling and what you were going through and that the devil is now bound in your life and he can no longer speak to you and that you are are free and 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 you are happy and I can see you all some of you just rejoicing in the spirit I see your arms raised and you're crying and you're thanking God that you've been set free from a spirit of anger and torment and anguish and all of that stuff and next week we are going to continue on I'm not quite sure yet what the topic will be but you stay tuned on my Facebook page a word from God you stay tuned on the Facebook page, and it will be on there. Um, I'm just so thankful that you all have tuned in tonight and that you have listened uh, to what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. God really does, church. He really does want us rapture ready. He really does want to come back soon for his church, but he cannot come back if they're not ready. But it's going to be like the five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins. Some of them were going to be ready and some of them were not ready. And the five wise went to be with Jesus. They went with the bridegroom. But the five foolish, what they did was they had to go around and they were trying to find oil for their lamp. But when Jesus returns, you're not going to have time to go and prepare and make things ready. You've got to be ready when he comes. Hallelujah. And I just want to reiterate about the teaching that I'm going to be doing starting August 5th. 
at 7 o'clock Central Time. It will only be for one hour. It will be every Monday night for one hour from 7 to 8, and that's Central Standard Time. If you want to be a part of this uh, teaching on the end times, the rapture, the great tribulation, the Bema Seat Judgment, the uh, the marriage feast, the, the seven years of great tribulation, the first three and a half, the second two and a half, the battle of Armageddon, the millennial reign, the 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 um, a great white throne judgment, the destruction of the new earth uh, of the of earth and heaven, and and the creation of the new heaven and the new earth. Um, scientists have found a brand new planet in our solar system that is very much like Earth. I'm telling you, Jesus is on his way back. And if this is something uh, that you want to be a part of, I will ask you that you will email me at a word from God 3, I'm sorry, a word from God 2013. Again, that is a word from God 2013 at AOL. Dot com. If you want to be a part of this great teaching, you're going to learn a lot of things. I mean, you're going to be, uh, uh, by the time we're through with this uh, teaching, you are going to be so in love, so waiting on the return of the Lord. There's so many great things that God has shown me in his word about this teaching. I'll, you know, Hopefully I'll be able to answer some of the questions that you've always had about the book of Revelation. book of Revelation is only scary. If you're not saved But if you're saved You're looking for the appearing Of of, of Christ's return um, We'll also be talking about The second coming There's a difference between the rapture And the second coming Of Jesus Christ There's so many great things I want to share with you So if you want to be a part Of this great teaching It starts August 5th 7pm Central Standard Time for one hour, email me your at your email address. I will send you an invitation, and you can be a part of this great, great, and awesome study about the end times. And just a little tidbit: you don't find the church at all after Revelation chapter four. We are nowhere to be found. Because we're up in heaven Hallelujah Glory be to God Well thank you for tuning in to A Word from God On blogtalkradio.com I am your radio hostess Evangelist Rebecca Collier Hagler Saying thank you for joining us May God richly bless all of your endeavors for him See you next week God bless you And good night
move out there. Let's turn this into a party. I know y'all know how to move out there. Come on, yell at the door. 